Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Welcome, everyone, to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Electrical Supply Guys studios. We are part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms and newly acquired TuneIn app. You can hear us on the TuneIn app on the Believe radio station, so tune in there. Listen to all your favorite Believe podcasts, as well as Buzz 2 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. I'm your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas, and alongside me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas Fight and Saturday Down South. All shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in beautiful downtown Ozark. And Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests, events with the first to market odds and lines. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. So head on over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device, join today, and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50, B L E A V 50. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Jacob was a big, big roller coaster of a game yesterday. Got out to a slow start, got to a 28 nothing hole. Uh, then the third quarter, you felt like magic was happening. And then it just the bottom fell out. Um, I honestly, I, I've predicted on a couple of shows on our staff predictions, I felt like this was going to be one of those uh, program-defining moments. I, I, I felt that in the year that if they were going to beat Alabama, this was going to be the year that they could do it. Um, they didn't. We have to quickly move on because we have another team coming up, Mississippi State at home. Again, SEC Nation will be there for the third time featuring Arkansas. You got them at home, Arlington, and now away. So um, just just what was your initial thoughts, um, painfully so, uh, about the game on Saturday? Well, it, you know, it didn't turn out the way we quite wanted it to. Uh, I, did, I did predict Arkansas to win because I thought that the momentum was there, that it was the time for Arkansas to be back home and have a chance for a win and a, a program-defining moment under Sam Pittman, and they didn't do it. Uh, yeah, they like you said, they had a 23-point lead or a 23-point third quarter that they just kind of uh, let slip away uh, with uh, with I think Alabama running for 230 something yards in the fourth quarter, and uh, there it was just it was really a rough day defensively, offensively. You start out the game with uh, five punts and one turnover, that's not a recipe for success. And, well, you go into next uh, this coming week and you've got Mississippi State, and, you know, you're going to have to figure out a way to stop Will Rogers in that Mississippi State air raid with Mike Leach. And it's, it's going to the, – the stretch does not get any easier with three road games coming up ahead. Uh, but you just wanted to get that monumental victory and maybe change the course of the season, which the season's not over yet. They're they're three and two going on right now, and and you know they've got things they've got to get better at. And I alluded to that during my article with Saturday Down South that came out this morning. So yeah, Arkansas's got a couple of things to fix, Porter, and well, maybe more than a couple. But uh, there's there are some uh, cautionary uh, points that we can talk about tonight uh, about the Hogs going forward. I think the 
biggest thing that frustrated me was they did everything to give Arkansas this game. I mean, the, the muff punt. Bryce Young goes out. And, and first of all, the Yahoo for that entity that sat there and wants to brag about being the person that uh, – to, to hurt Bryce Young and wish injury upon him, that, that stands nowhere in the sportsmanship of this game. I know we like to get caught up in the heat of the moment and we like to, you know, talk trash and, and th- there's a certain time and place for it and I kind of want to put that to bed. Like, you know, th- there's no reason to sit there and say anything like that, especially at a college kid when you're a grown adult or whoever's running said account. I mean, that's just, just no – that does nothing to – boast the game or anything to do with the game and I hope that he's okay and I hope that everything you know because we're, we're still talking about a kid's livelihood you know it's not you know that that looked like a bad injury so how long he's out say go but you know with the injury you're coming in with a backup quarterback that's basically running his own read all game long and the the you know the onside kick the bad snap everything was going your way and when I was on with Blake Rafino. The, the SEC kickoff show, I said, he asked me, what was the one thing that concerned me? I said third and long. Third and long, third and long, third and long. And that killed us all night. And then the fourth quarter came. And I'm going to read some stats to you. And you're going to look at these stats and listen to these stats. You're going to think these are all game stats. Three carries, 147 yards, two touchdowns. Two carries, 77 yards, which set up another score, 221 yards rushing. That was in the fourth quarter. I mean, and, and a couple of those were on third and long situations. You, you cannot have that, we, especially when you know what they're going to do. It was almost like the Darren McFadden days, but you're on the opposite side of it. You know what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, he mixed up the pass a little bit, but you knew for the most part he was going to sit there and read option, and, and they still killed us. And I said, you know, two things that are kryptonite. You know, the third long is a kryptonite, and bam, that's what makes Bama Bama. They put it in their backup, and he's, you know, we see what's going on with our backup situation, and we'll get into that later on in the show. But you, you, they're still having, you know, guys miss tackles that are so easy. You can't have that. And, and now it's starting to be the time. When, um, do we start questioning play calling? Do we really start questioning these players that are out there just missing blatant tackles? Do we start, you know, where's this fine line of are, are we just going to accept mediocrity? Are we going to accept having a good first quarter of the season? And then you have a game like this. They, like I said, they did everything to give us the game. And you piss it away in the fourth quarter. I mean, you you know well as how many times I said the recipe for an upset. You got to keep the momentum on your side. And that third and long, where Milrow ran all the way down. I, I mean, he could have scored. I think they ruled him out of the two. But you know, that was the game. That was the game where the momentum shifted. They ended up scoring and running away with the game. I mean, it, it's just, and then the thing is, you've got a kicker who is not that good of a punter. You're still punting to this guy who's average. I mean, I, I can't – I don't know if you've got the stats in front of you or not, but, I mean, I let me see. Punt returns. He, he had yeah. three punt returns for 75 yards and a long of 45. But you kept punting to him. I mean, and and 75 yards does not seem like a lot, but when you're flipping field, 
you know, that's a huge. That's huge. Right. So there was a like you said it perfectly. There's a lot of things that need to be worked on because I don't know if you've seen the score of the Mississippi State game or not, but they they put it on A and M. I did not. I saw like the halftime. I knew they were up at like fourteen nothing at one point. I don't know what the final was. I, I forty two twenty four. Well, I don't have ESPN currently, so I was not able to keep up with that game. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, work for a certain exactly. company that does. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk about that yeah. anymore. But, but uh, another alarming stat, you were talking about third and long. I went back through play-by-play uh, play, uh, during the game, and Arkansas had Alabama in third down five times in the first half. Five times in the first half, third third and long. Uh, three of those third and longs were scored on touchdowns. Were scored touchdowns on third and long. The other two that were converted third and longs led to another score. The very next play. Yeah. That 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 shows you you know you're right. Like third down and longs, third downs anyway. It's just been a killer. I don't know if it was because of the over aggressive defense. Uh, obviously, they were playing a very, very, very tight defense at the line of scrimmage. A lot of man coverage, but they were also having the safeties like six or seven yards uh, from the line of scrimmage. And so when you're missing a tackle, you have nobody back there on the back end to to keep these uh, uh, yards after uh, yards after first contact. I mean, even if they were getting contact on, on, the, on the carry, you know, they, they were just getting these chunk yards, 77 yards, 60 65 yards, 80 yards. It's just bang after bang after bang. And you're not going to beat a saving-led team, and you're not going to beat Alabama with all these all-world athletes by giving up on, on third, third and longs. They've got to figure that out because this has been the frustrating thing all year long. And even going back to the Chavis days, Arkansas has been having trouble on third-down defenses for five or six years. And it, they have got to get it fixed. You've got – guys like Drew Sanders, and you've got guys like Miles Slusher and Bufferpool that were great high school pickups coming out of high school. They've got to play discipline. They've been in the program long enough, and they've got to be put in the position because it's not always about the players. You've got to have your guys as a coach in position to make the best play possible, and they're not doing that right now. Uh, I don't know uh, I don't know what needs to be corrected or how to correct it because I'm not a coach. I'm, an, I'm a – spectator and i'm a sports writer i don't know what they need to do uh i mean we can talk about it all day long on this show but until we see it on the field and improvement on the field i mean all we're uh, throwing at is uh, suggestions up against the wall i don't really know what needs to happen uh besides maybe putting your players in a better position i don't know if it's play calling on defense but they were very very uh close to the line of scrimmage all 11 guys yesterday uh, on those three long runs in the fourth quarter I think they're becoming too predictable on offense and they're becoming too predictable on defense. Yes. How many yeah. times did you say the same blitz from the outside? Or mm-hmm. why would you bring up a guy that you know when they're going to burn him deep, you bring your safety up, we're a linebacker, and then the guy just runs right by him. I mean, you don't have the the, the guys, the dudes, that you can bring a guy and cheat up unless yeah. – I mean, and that's where it's tough is that on the coaching first – you know, bringing him up, is that on the player for coming up on their own and just letting them blow by you? I mean, there was so many plays where they were just getting burnt. And then, you know, yeah. you're stunting from the outside and you look at those runs, they're up the middle. 
Yeah. You know, most of those runs on third and long, you're stunting from the outside and you're draining like a corner blitz or an outside linebacker blitz. And the middle's wide open because your linebacker drops back. I mean, there, right. there's no – it's almost like them sliding puzzles that you see, you know, where you move one here, you need to move the other piece. There's there's no covering. It seems like there's – I mean, they're they're trying, but they're just outmanned. And Drew Sanders right. was just trying his heart out out there. But like I said, you know, Bumper Pool was out there, you know, and he's usually a, a solid linebacker. He's usually solid at – you know, he's going to be one of the all-time greatest tacklers at Arkansas, and he just was whiffing on too many plays yesterday. Yeah. And we've preached this over and over and over this year. You know, and I'm not saying he's a bad linebacker, but you can't miss that many tackles, and, and especially, like I said, third and long when you need that momentum and you let them score or it leads yeah. to a score. I mean, that's I mean that's on you. you know? And so that's where it is tough between – when people just automatically want to go after the coaching staff, they want to go after Odom and they want to go after Browse. I mean, one, you got to have the players, but you got to have them in the right spots. They got to give the yeah. right effort. I mean, on that one play where Bryce Young just walked into the end zone, I mean, it, I, there was so much confusion with the guy. Just he didn't know to just go go up and run at him. You know, he's, he looked behind at him, and then there was a guy that was on the receiver, so he could have went and got got on Young, but. Again, I'm not out there on the field, so it's just right. looking from a bird's eye view and, of course, watching from the couch. I mean, you can make all these adjustments and and what they need to do, but it's different than going out there and doing it. But there's just – it was just one of the things that you thought they – when they went on that 23 nothing run and the stadium was rocking, the fans were going crazy, you thought this was going to be it, and then that – long play happened and you just felt defeated. I mean, you just never got it back. And I think when, you know, Alabama seen blood in the water and they just took advantage of it. And you see the final score, 49-26. But it's like I said, just it's okay to be frustrated because when you knew you had the game, that we can't be okay, well, it's Alabama. They were going to beat us anyway. Well, they if they wouldn't have lost their quarterback, it would have been worse. Yeah, it would have been. But that's why you play the game of football and – Exactly right. You know, you got to bounce back because, again, you know, we're talking about third and long. Well, Mississippi State was 5 of 12 on third down conversions. So, I mean, you take that in our biggest kryptonite and what they did against, you know, Texas A&M, I mean, that's that's something that's something you got to get fixed. You can't yeah. let them get in third and longs and then let them get first downs because not only does that ruin the momentum of the game – it, it wears your defense down, you know, because you're amped up on that third down. All right, all we got to do is get this stop. Now we got to do it all over again. Yep. And, you know, bringing back uh, a couple of things there uh, that we haven't talked about on the show yet is the effort and motivation factor in, in the game. Uh, another one is maybe we are missing some of the leadership that we had last year on the defensive side of the football. Uh, you you have you had Grant Morgan, you had Hayden Henry, you had Monteric Brown. You're absolutely missing Jalen Catalan again this year. Um, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with those guys had the the heart of Razorbacks. They put our, the state of Arkansas on their shoulders, and and they played unhuman like football last season because two of those guys were were former walk-ons, and they gave their heart and soul and left blood on the field every single week 
Uh, and, and this year, you know, with the effort issues, it's like, and I'm probably going to tick some people off of what I'm about to say, but Sam Pittman has to figure out what switch to flip because these guys are coming out flat. And he alluded to that in the uh, halftime interview uh, where his guys, they aren't showing up the first first half. It did not show up at all. They were playing flat. They came out flat. There was there was effort, but there was no like motivation to say, okay, let's keep this drive going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Maybe that has to do with some with some play calling. Is Kendall Browse actually uh, calling the kind of offensive game that he wants to call? Because even Sam Pittman said that maybe we're being a little bit too run heavy and need to air it out more. Um, I don't know what needs to happen there uh, as far as as far as play calling and stuff goes. But you have to play because going all the way back to the final seven minutes of the South Carolina game, the first 50 minutes against Missouri State, and then uh, you play two quarters against Texas A&M, and then you played one quarter against Alabama. That is not going to win you ball games. It's unacceptable, and they've got to figure that out. I feel like I've regurgitated that every single weekend because it's true, because Arkansas is simply not getting it done and not coming – into a game fully with with their head on their uh, on their shoulders every single week, and it's costing them ball games. Yeah, and you know you look at you know coming out and doing something different and not being so run heavy. I mean that they, they tried to throw it. I mean they tried to throw it there, and, and yeah, KJ was. I mean when it come to his passing, the overall he was thirteen of twenty four, hundred fifty five yards and one touchdown. Got sacked three times. I mean, we got to look and some of the – you know, he made some spectacular plays. I mean, that one where he was almost getting brought down and threw the ball and really sparked – you know, you're talking about sparking the team and the fans. I mean, that just sparked the team. And they went – I think I want to say they ended up going down and scoring on that drive. But there was also some throws that were overthrown and underthrown. I mean, was not hitting the targets. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's you got to. Here's the thing, you know, you got to have confidence as a quarterback, knowing you're going to make these throws, and then on the coaching side, you got to be able to be confident that okay, if we're going to mix this up a little bit, especially against a defense like Alabama, can we afford an interception? Can we afford a pick six? Um, you know, KJ, you know, you're being a run heavy quarterback. You're always going to be trying to, you know, in your head, try to stretch the play out, try to do something extra. You seen what happened to Bryce Young? There should have been no reason at all he should have tried to fling that ball. And when he did, you know, tore something in his shoulder or popped something. I don't know what the diagnosis is or what he, he did. He said he sprained. Yeah. Well, I mean, he – I think he said sprained, yeah. a, sprained AC joint. But, you know, what it looked like, you know, it just – he. but the thing is he tried to do too much on that play – and that's what worries me about yeah. KJ is you're you're always as a competitor you're like well let me if I can just flip it you know it works but does it work three times out of ten you know it, it's one of them deals that we do, we just need to see an overall better performance out of the whole team and it was it what was crazy was it was like all right the first game they really had the run game going you know we looked really good I mean Rocket Sanders had another hundred yard hundred yard game. 
100, you know, 22 carries, 107 yards, yeah. and a touchdown. KJ Jefferson had 67 yards. You know, I mean, you had Sanders done his part, you know, but we just got to get more production. You know, and, and I hate to throw this name out there, but, you know, what Brett Bielema said, he wanted 200 yards passing and he wanted 200 yards rushing. Well, they got 227 from, you know, the rushing side and had 190 passing. So they're almost there, but you look at the touchdowns, you had two touchdowns passing and one, you know, one rushing or one passing touchdown and two rushing touchdowns. So on top of all the turnovers they give you, all the, the you know the bad snaps and the onside kick you know um, it, it, they should have got more out of that than what they did. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and the whole momentum thing, like you, I thought Kendall Browse called a pretty good third quarter. You know, trying to get that momentum and taken care of, and, and it was just it was just that dirt seventy seven yard run by. Uh, by Jalen Milrow, and we knew he was going to do it. Because, <laughs> and if Arkansas would have stopped them on that third down play, they get the ball back with all the momentum. I mean, you're on third down; you're about to force them into their third straight three and out of the drive, and you're you're that close, man. You're that close to changing the the momentum and changing the trajectory of this program. And you know, it just didn't happen, like he said, but. You know, going – you look at it this way, and we wouldn't be so negative on this team uh, if they hadn't – if they had just made that field goal and got out of Jerry's world last week with a W. Four and one's a whole lot different outlook than three and one. Well, but, and kind uh, of, man, but just... but I'd made the point, you know, before the game, it was almost like you, you think about if they – so they won that game and they're 4-0 coming into this game. Alabama's 4-0. I was thinking, you know, game day would have been here. All the pressure, you know, this is the game. This is all the, you know, the theatrics and the interviews and, you know, all the production stuff that, you know, game day goes into getting Coach Pittman and Rocket Sanders and K.J. Jefferson, you know, would that have been too much? It was almost like I was hoping that that loss and how heartbreaking of a loss that it was, that it would would have took a little bit of the pressure off of them to come out this week and they would have performed, but they wouldn't have gotten a 28 yeah. nothing hole. You know, you can't get – you can barely get in a 28 nothing hole against Missouri State, but and you almost won the game, but you then end up getting blown out. But you cannot let Mississippi State go out to a 14-21 point lead or it's going to be the same outcome, especially because, you know, they throw the ball. I mean, and they throw it heavy. Ooh, they play it. I mean, yeah. Will Rogers was and, 31 of – just think about this. He was 31 of 45 with 329 and three touchdowns. Threw the ball 45 simply, times. And Mike Leach doesn't care if he scores 70 on you or not. No. Like, he's going to go out and he's going to kill you. If he if he sees any kind of crease in that defense, he's going to keep calling it over and over and over again. And it's not like Will Rogers beats you. Uh, totally with all these long balls. I mean, they sprinkle it out to the running backs, like five-yard screen pass, like five-yard five-yard route out of the backfield screen passes, uh, kind of short intermediate throws. They don't kill you with the with the sixty-yard bombs. It's like it's like a substitute for the run game. And so, if Arkansas, if they're continuing to have the issues of tackling in the open field. Man, it may be a field day for the Mississippi State offense, and Will Rogers may put up 500 yards. 
And, and that's what scares me the most about it, too, is, you know, you, you go into the game maybe four and one or, or even five and oh, and we may be talking things a little bit differently. But, you know, here you are three and two, and we're seeing the issues that this team has had throughout the season as far as the Razorbacks go. Yeah, offense. I'm not too. I'm I'm not too afraid of what they'll do against Mississippi State offensively, but defensively, if you get down twenty, like you said, fourteen to twenty-one, it may be an insurmountable lead to overcome, especially with with how fast they can score. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, they know Arkansas is. It's almost like in in basketball terms. You you know that okay. Say Arkansas comes into a game and they have got one guy that's going to get. 21 points a game, and then the rest of the team, you know, is role players and facilitators. Okay. They might be like, okay, we know Rocket Sanders is going to get his 100 yards, but let's contain him to one to two touchdowns because are they going to outscore us? Let's make them run the ball. Let's make them eat the clock. We don't respect them enough in the passing game to outscore us, so let's let Rocket Sanders get his. He's going to have 100 yards, or even if he goes off for 150, 200 yards – all that matters at the end of the game, he can have 300 yards rushing and three touchdowns. But if they get seven of them, those three don't really yeah. mean nothing. I mean, you can sit there and brag and say, well, Rocket had 300 yards rushing and get you. Well, they're willing to trade that for the 500 they're going to put up on you passing. So, I mean, th- you, this this is things that you got to start thinking about as a team is, are they just going to start – just you know, they're just going to start boxing. They're going to put eight men in the box, and they don't respect that that you're throwing game. And if you do get a couple of touchdowns, or then they're going to back up. But they're going to make you. Their teams are going to start making Arkansas beat you through the air, and that's just how it's going to be. But Mississippi State's coming to this game. Can Arkansas outscore us? We're going to throw it forty times. Can Arkansas stop it? So I mean, it, it's a give or take kind of deal. But I'm telling you right now that. The game, unless, you know, something just barring just happens and it's crazy to think that Arkansas was hanging, had went on a 23 nothing run against the number two team in the nation, and now we're talking about a team that just now got in the top 25, they're going to have the same amount of troubles with them. And it's crazy, but that's how college football is and that's how football in the SEC is. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be – it's going to be an interesting matchup. And, and like you said, I think Rocket can have success. I think Mississippi State's one of the weaker uh, run defenses in the uh, conference. If I, if I read so correctly, I'll have to go back and, and recheck that. But, uh, you know, Mike Leach will, will, like you said, will substitute uh, just mediocre defense for, for offense. We've seen that. He has a history of it. You go back to his Kentucky days. You go back to his Texas Tech days. Uh, and Washington State days, because he'll outscore you, and he has no problem just, like I said earlier, running the score up. Uh, looking at their run game, uh, I think Arkansas will probably kind of, I guess, have the same uh, style of defense of what they played against Alabama, to be honest with you, mm, because no. are they going to play Are they going to play more rush three, drop eight? Well, they have, you, uh, you can this game because you don't, have a, you don't have a guy that – Will Rogers didn't even run the ball one time. He's he's he no. is he is a drop back quarterback. That that is the huge difference between the Missouri State quarterback, Bryce Young, and what we're going to be facing. Totally different quarterback. So yes, you can drop because you don't. The Will Rogers is not a threat to when it comes run. It's almost like we're gonna if you want to 
like what the Arkansas defense is going to do. We're going to make you run and beat us. You know, they only had 144 yards rushing, but they held they held uh, Texas A&M to 136. I mean, Etchane yeah. had 116, but he didn't have a touchdown. King right. and so, Johnson had a touchdown rushing. So is Arkansas, who leads the country in sacks, are they going to try to rush Will Rogers? That uh, you're going to have – because the way he throws the ball out of the backfield – you're going to have to come out with your hands up, maybe try to alter some passes, try to bat passes down with the pass rush, maybe uh, maybe have Drew Sanders kind of flank through the end, try to try to get around the left tackle or right tackle, try to be active in, in uh, pass defense too. Uh, they're going to have to be really handsy this, uh, this Saturday as far as it goes to uh, kind of trying to deflect passes and try to uh, – Kind of disengage the Mississippi State offense from their from their uh, uh, mo- mojo offensively. I, I think it's very tough, and, and this is the thing: can you get to him fast enough? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to create turnovers. If you if you can't get to him fast enough, you don't rush. No, because if you blitz, if the blitz is coming from that left side, he's going to turn and look at the left side and he's going to dump it right over. He, he's going to find those holes. It's a king of a hot read offense. You know, and they were, I mean, that's the thing like with Bryce Young, he's a run, I mean, he'll pass, but he's a right. running quarterback. So he will he wants to kind of bait you into pocket, pocket, pocket run. Opposed to Rodgers is just going to sling it all over the field. You know, I, I, I just, until this defense proves that they can just shut somebody down in the passing game, I, I think you do the best you can to contain it. Yeah. You know, just like what I said with containing, you know, the quarterback. That was the thing that blew the game up is containing the quarterback. You contain, you couldn't contain Young, and then you couldn't contain Milrow. When he come in, he was getting five, six, seven yards of carry, and then that long one from 77. You know, it, it – you come after, and this is a game that one we've seen. You know, one big play can change the momentum of the game, and I think you got to do the best you can to get your hands up, keep try to bat down some of these balls. Hopefully, you get a tip and a turnover. But the gambling, they haven't showed me enough when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think you know, yeah, they're leading the league in sacks, but I mean that can be inflated. Look at the, you know the teams that they kind of played. To yeah. begin with, I mean, you had an inexperienced quarterback with, with uh, that was a running quarterback, Missouri State, and then, you know, with Cincinnati, and then, of course, what, you know, Rattler was at South Carolina. I mean, are those, are those numbers inflated? Because now these next four games, we'll see where they're at sack-wise when they're playing Alabama, Mississippi State, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, BYU, BYU, yeah. and BYU doesn't scare me. I, and, and that's a thing. I don't. I don't have even after you know Arkansas had the the outings they have. I'm I'm not concerned at BYU because BYU has shown that they're they're not the team. They're they're equivalent to me to Cincinnati. And I think yeah. you know Arkansas should, even going out there and all that stuff. They should handle that just running the ball and they, they don't have you know what it takes to stop Arkansas's run game but yeah. Yeah. I'm really concerned about this game coming up just for the fact that he's going to throw it 40 to 50 times 
No, and and it'll it will wear you out. You think you when you you know back in the day when you play uh, Alabama, it was just run, 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 run. Now your defensive backs, it's just you know you are gassed, and you know you don't think about it, but Mississippi State's got to be a well conditioned team because not only do they do air raid, they do it very fast. It's a no huddle no huddle thing now. And so it's going to be a very interesting uh, thing on Saturday to see how they line up on defense and play against State. Uh, I know I keep re- regurgitating the same thing over and over again, but it's just it's 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 going. You're going to have to make sure that you keep everything in front of you and, and keep the yak yardage down uh, because I'm not scared of the run game, but I'm absolutely scared of what they can do as far as hot read offenses because. You know, once you once you see the uh, safety creep up and helping helping coverage, oh, there's your there's your hot read over the middle, and you go seventy yards on the first play of the ball game. You know, it, it or first play of the drive, and it, com- it completely kills all the momentum that you gain throughout the game. Whether you're up maybe ten to seven or seventeen to seven, and then you bring them right back in the game, and then you get the clanga going again down there in Starkville. It's going to be a a very interesting uh, game on Saturday. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk more about that after the break. We are coming up on a commercial break, and after the break, we will continue talking about the Mississippi State game. You know, just the biggest concerns that Arkansas is going to have to get fixed right away. What can they kind of deal with? And we'll, uh, you know, touch on, you know, the quarterback situation. Is there controversy? Is there not? I mean, w- what does this mean to the locker room? Is You know, ca- talk about bad timing. Is this the wrong timing for this kind of problem? But – We'll get after that after the break. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? Your pasture brush hogged or need your driveway bladed? Here at Granite Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated. So call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use the, only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. 
best service and prices in Northwest Arkansas and Southwest Missouri. For all your plumbing and electrical needs, then look no further than Corey Hyman, the plumbing electrical supply guy. Corey's in full steam ahead and providing the best electrical, plumbing, and septic supply service around. So call Corey at 479-301-8220 or email him at chyndman, that's H-I-N-D-M-A-N, at andersonp.com. Again, that is 479-301-8220. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk Podcast, and thank you to all of our sponsors who make all this possible. And at the end of the show, we are going to introduce our newest uh, sponsor of the Hog Talk Podcast, and then we have another major announcement that we're going to do, adding a show to our lineup. So after the show, we'll start with that. But continuing on with this Mississippi State talk, it's we knew coming into this season that we thought, I mean, in my eyes, we didn't know what we were going to get out of Mississippi State. And we, I kind of chalked it up as a win. But that when we look at the overall schedule and me saying, you know, nine wins, this is one of the ones that Arkansas has to have to get that nine wins. You know, just my opinion when you look at the remaining schedule. So seeing how Mississippi State is doing, that that nine ten win season's kind of in jeopardy and, and maybe it maybe it pushes it to an eight win season. And even if they do go to an eight win season, like I said before in the preseason, you drop down to, you know, eight wins. I mean that's not a failure. That that's not like, oh, the sky's falling. You know, it, that just shows how tough the SEC is. And with, you know, Will Rogers and, and Mississippi State and Leach, you know it's going to be an air raid. Can they slow it down enough to outscore them? That's, that's the question. That's the million-dollar question, Porter. Maybe five million-dollar question for Sam Pittman. Because this is probably the biggest game that he has ever coached in his time in Fayetteville. And – and it all comes up to this because this is what decides the outcome of this season, I think. Because you, you it's just like last season where they started out the season four and they lost three straight, and then and then they got back on track against UAPB. This time the schedule doesn't get any easier. There's not a UAPB on the schedule where you can rebound and kind of get things back going. You've got to stop. Mike Leach's air raid offense, and like we said, you've got to you've got to play more protect. You, you've got to make sure you keep everything in front of you. You've got to tackle. You've got to make sure that you 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 get these guys down and keep everything in front of you and stop the third down conversions because this this is what's frustrating most is that every single time you get third down, you make a good stop on first and second downs. And you're thinking, I'll, I'll look at my father and I'll be like, it's going to start – I guess we can start calling this third and no <laughs> Third, There's third and Chavis. 
where uh, they, it seemed like Arkansas would never get off the field. Now you're getting to where what is he going to draw up to to help Arkansas stop the to stop state? And they're going to have to figure out some things uh, defensively. They've, they've got to play a full four-quarter game. They've got to make sure they tackle and keep everything in front of them and, and maybe force a couple of turnovers. Uh, LSU did it, and, and they were able to dictate what Mike Leach did uh, on offense a couple of weeks ago. And I think, they, I think LSU ended up winning 38-17, 31-17, whatever it was. But you've got to figure you, – you've got to go back to, to what worked before. You, you had your rush three, drop eight, maybe not be so dependent on the pass rush, maybe drop drop your guys in coverage and, and, and be more sure tackling. Yeah, and I don't think that this is a, a be-all, end-all game for Coach Pittman. I, I don't think that it's anywhere like that. Because say you do you, – you do drop this game. You know, that puts you at one and three in conference and three and three overall. All right, you got at BYU, yeah. and we don't know what's going to – Auburn. I mean, Auburn's a dumpster fire right now. We don't know if they're going to be a coaching change between now and then or not. I think you handle at BYU, dealing with Auburn and what they're going for. You know, that I see that as, you know, like I said, a win there. Then you have Liberty at home and then LSU at home. Another one that we don't know their true identity yet. They don't know what they are. So – to, to if if Auburn was the Auburn of old, LSU was the L, or LSU of old. The only after when you go past Mississippi State, the one that really concerns me the most out of all those is Ole Miss. Uh, we we seen yeah. you know Missouri hung with Georgia. I mean, how much how much weight do we hold to that? I mean, Georgia's kind of they're in a funk right now, two games straight. Kent State now Missouri. Were they a pretender? Did they get too much hype too early? and start blowing everybody out, and now everybody's catching up to them. I'm not saying that they're still not a top-five team, but questions are starting to be asked. So if they were still going through a gauntlet of what it used to be like in the SEC, yeah, I, I could see that this is a very important game. But, I mean, so you do drop this. You go 3-3. Three and three, You win at BYU, win at Auburn, win at home against Liberty. That's 6-3. and three. Then – you know, the toss-up LSU, you got them at home. Say you win that one. You know, now you're seven seven wins. So you have to really win. You're at three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So you got to win all but one of your next games to get to that nine wins. And and like I said, I just don't I don't I don't see them beating Mississippi State just by the way they throw and how we've been playing on the defensive end. Again, I could be wrong and get turnovers, but after that, it starts to you know ease up a little bit until you get to that Ole Miss game. Yeah, and I don't I don't mean to say this is the biggest game in in what defines Sam Pittman's. Uh, uh, tenure at Arkansas. I think it's a, a defining point of this season. Yeah, and, and I know uh, what you're coming from on you, that. You lose a third straight game. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a big, the one of the biggest games that he's ever had to coach because you're coming off of a of of a two point or not two point. I'm sorry, but uh, two losses in a row, uh, and especially in two games where you had control of the ball game in in in, in both games and had the potential to win both games. So. You look at both sides and you're thinking, okay, Arkansas's right there. They've got to get their – if they can get their Jimmys and Joes, how, how impactful is it for – anyways, going back to that, 
but this is a huge game for Sam Pittman, and and, and a game that I want to know is is Sam Pittman going to have his team ready? Is he going to have a team that goes out and fights for him all four quarters? And that's what Arkansas needs this Saturday is a four quarter and catch maybe Mississippi State by surprise by you've got an eleven o'clock kick, you've got. Mississippi State ranked. Maybe maybe the cowbells won't be t- as loud as what they would be at a six o'clock game. So you know there there's there's a lot of things going for uh, going for Arkansas and against Arkansas in this game. But I, I don't know if I'm going to pick Arkansas in this game yet. I don't I don't know. And and I know that's the homer in me because yeah I want to pick Arkansas in every single game. But I don't know if I'm going to pick Arkansas in this game yet. Just because of where they're at in the season with the two losses, two straight losses, uh, if they can correct some things, maybe maybe the optimism will return and people uh, will, you know, the fans will the return in the good graces or, or Sam Pittman will in the Hogs return into the good graces of the Hog fans again. Yeah, and, and I was I was you know I don't even think you know to to go back to your point about the biggest game. I don't even think this is the biggest game of this year. Just for the simple fact of what I'd said before of you could still lose this game, drop to one and three in conference, win the rest of your games, and you're yeah. still sitting at nine and three, four and three in the conference. You go to a bowl game, you still win ten games. Yeah. You know, or if you lose yeah, the bowl game, this. you're still we've nine and four. Before. Yeah. And I just think with how everything yeah, lines up, before. you know, so so you do you know, you go three. You can either end the season at four, four and three, three and four. I mean, if you win against Mississippi State, maybe you lose against Ole Miss. But I just think one this road trip, we're talking about things clicking and things turning around. We're going to find out a lot about this team mentally with a three-game road trip. You go to Mississippi State at BYU and then go yeah. to Auburn. So. Yeah. But and in between BYU and Auburn, you have a bye week. So we're going to know by November if this team is going to be bowl eligible or fighting to get in the bowl game. I mean, that that's huge. So, I mean, I think this stretch is very important. This This might be the most important stretch when we talk about, like, getting back on track. But, I mean, you really want to bounce back and beat Mississippi State – at Mississippi State, but I, I don't think that it's it's on the level to say that this is the most important game, like even of this year. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe this season is going to be more of a 2015 season than it was a 2010 season. Now, I thought Arkansas had the chance uh, to, to have more of a 2010 season early on this year. But now I'm thinking about it, you know, you're, you're sitting, you know, even if you drop the game against Mississippi State, uh, it, this game, this season's starting to look more like a 2015 season, where you're coming off 2014 and you have high expectations. And and Sam Pittman said the expectations high. As as and, and we got to remember that, like Sam Pittman and KJ it, during the off season, they were they said in SEC media days, we expect to win 10, 10 games this season. That that's what the expectation is. We expect to compete in the SEC. And so when when people outside the SEC and people say, oh, well, Arkansas, man, they, they sure didn't live up to the hype. Well, obviously they haven't lived up to the hype so far. But it's not because that the fans built this team up to a certain extent. 
It's because Sam Pittman said, I expect this team to win 10 games and compete. And and they have underwhelmed this season because he, he, he said, like, up and down this roster, we have a really good team. You had a returning quarterback and, and all that. But, you know, you just – you've got to figure out things. And maybe this is – maybe with a one and two or one and three starting conference play, maybe that gets team this team refocused and, and uh, looking forward – to maybe in the stretch, like you mentioned earlier, with the BYU, with Auburn, get things back on track with a trajectory of 9-10 wins. And that, and that's the thing. You look at, say they get to that 9-10 win. Say they do get to a bowl game and they get to 10 wins with, with the bowl win. How much emphasis is really going to be? I mean, it's still going to sting, but you're not going to look back at the Mississippi State game or the the Bama game and, I mean, you're, the only thing that's really gonna is the back of your mind, man. We could have been an eleven win team. You know, we could have, we could have been ten win yeah, team if we would have took care of business. You know, look at you know the the what ifs. This is going to be the year of what ifs. What if that field goal would have, you know, that goalpost wouldn't have been as high as a as a college you know goalpost, and it went over and went in. What if we wouldn't have let them score on that third down play? What you know, you can do this. What ifs, and that that is one of the things that can tear you apart. So, but you yep. look back at the end of the year. Say you, even if you finish it nine and four again, you can't do nothing. Looking at where we are the last two games, and if you come out of this and finish nine and four, you can't do nothing but really tip your hat and be like, that's another successful year. And that's coaching to to in mid season say, man, we we really stunk it up throughout the the middle of the season. And we they were able to rebound, and that that's the thing. Like it it all comes down to coaching and and having your guys in position and having your guys motivated week in week out. Take care of business. You can't do anything about what happened before, but you can absolutely take care of what's happening before you with the with the BYUs, with the Auburns, with the Mississippi States of the world. You can control that. Uh, and and this team is absolutely talented enough to go out there and win out. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they're talented enough to go out there and take care of business. And, you know, outside of Alabama, that and, and you look around the whole landscape of the SEC West, I mean, the number two spot in the SEC West was wide open this season. And it has been, and it still could be. So Arkansas just got to refocus, regroup, and and become a uh, build a bond again, where you're just going to go out there with your back against the wall and try to win, and and try to win out or or win six of your next seven, and and still continue to improve. And another thing you got to look at is just how crazy the East been. What if, what if somebody sneaks up? You know, we want as where we're at, it's situated in the SEC. We want Georgia to roll out. We do not want them to lose because this is the reason why. It's almost like in March Madness when one of those conference champions that's run through the conference tournament, they get upset. Well, now somebody's taking their tournament spot. Okay. 
that's taken an automatic qualifier from somebody. Okay, Georgia gets beat. Now they go from that number one team and possibly being in the college football playoff to now being knocked down to that Sugar Bowl, which now knocks down another team into that Citrus Bowl. Which you know, so yep. you want Georgia to run the table because if we keep on doing what we're doing and we finish it nine and three heading into a bowl game, win everything out, and we do finish as that say you know, number two, number three team in the West, but it's also the number three team in the SEC as a whole, you could get a better bowl game when it comes to where you go, who you play against. So there's still a shot. I mean, this season is not over, and there is still a legitimate shot to make a very good bowl game. It's just there is things that need to, you know, be questioned. And there's also, you know, you don't know with, What's going to happen internally? And we've touched on this. You know, there, there seems to be some kind of, you know, again, controversy on what's going on in the locker room with the quarterback situation. And, you know, Malik Hornsby come out and said that he didn't say he was going to leave and people were jumping to speculations. But, you know, in a way it's like, well, if you wouldn't give people a reason to say those things, they wouldn't say those things. So you know how fans are. I mean, they, play, they, they track planes. If they see that you scrub everything off Arkansas, off your social media, they're going to jump to con- those conclusions. So it's not all on the fans. Yeah. It's not all on the, the people who are jumping to those conclusions based on what those actions that you're doing. I know you're upset and you don't want people to jump to those conclusions, but still, in a fact, you've got to own up those actions that you still make of don't sit there and scrub your social media and then expect – especially after a game like that, and then you go do those things and then expect the fans not to react the way they did. I, I just don't think that's a fair – I mean, I know we get on the fans and say sometimes they go crazy. Now, I will say that you should never go after players or you should never DM a player, call out a player. I mean, you can show your frustrations with the team on how they played. But Stephen A. Smith, as, as much as you hate him or like him or whatever, he, he made a very good point. He said, people hate me because, you know, if I talk bad about them, how they played, that's fair game. When you go personal and you start personally talking to them, you start personally going to their DMs and you start talking about them as a human being, that's where you cross that line. We can sit here and say, well, this person missed this tackle and this person missed this catch. He's missing these throws. What's going on? We have every right. That is what we do. We break down these games. That's our job, to see and relay what we've seen on the field and and critique it, whether it's good or bad. And I know they don't want to hear the bad stuff, but that is our right to say what we've seen. But when you start attacking, you know, going personal with it, that's where the line stops. So I can see both ways of it. But then again, especially now, it's almost like a selfish move. Like, you know the team's already hurting coming off two losses in a row. You know that's going to get a reaction. Why even do that? Why put yourself and your team in that situation to have to answer those? That shouldn't even be a question that Pittman or anybody on that staff should be answering right now. The only questions they should be answering right now is how are we going to make this team better? And when you go and do stuff like that, it just seems selfish on my end of it. Yeah, and it's it's an all-about-me generation. And I – and and you see it in my age too, like, oh, it's it's I want this, I want that, you know, and and then you have the NIL in it too, and you know it's a self-absorbed generation of 
a type of athlete. And Malik is the he is ultra talented, one of the fastest guys that I've ever seen put on an Arkansas uniform. And you know, you've got to you, you've got to figure out. It's so hard. Like I couldn't imagine being a head coach right now because not only do you have to deal with the transfer portal with with guys leaving maybe after four games into the season. Then you've got to to manage your roster throughout the season. You've got to recruit and manage your recruits throughout the season. You've got to figure out, well, how am I going to help these guys with NIL deals? Like, what if uh, what if somebody else is jealous because other players on the team have more NIL deals than the other? Like, it's such a hard – like, it's a headache of, of things. And you've got guys that are freshmen or sophomores, and you have – older guys in front of you and, and 50, like, I mean, 20 years ago, you didn't see freshmen out there playing much, you know, uh, in their, their first games, their first, first years. And it's just, you've got so much to, to put up with. And if guys aren't playing right away to transfer out, it is a nightmare. I could not uh, imagine like you're trying to prepare for Mississippi state, but you're also trying to figure out how a way to keep your uh, players happy. Like, what are we going to see out of Malik Hornsby if he's not transferring? Like, <laughs> or, or right now, are we going to see uh, see more packages for him going forward? I well, mean, we could we of, we could see two ways of it. You, you could see a Mike Wood situation, or you could see a Trey Knox situation. You can have a guy go off to another school and, and choose that he feels like another school yeah. is his fit, or you can sit there and and stay, do what you need to do to accept whatever role you're given. And I'm not saying that Malik needs to go out and be a wide receiver. I'm just saying staying or going. You, you make that is your choice to make, but you have to be held accountable for your choices that you do make. And another thing we kind of talked about and touched on, and I mean, it's kind of a touchy subject, but it's almost like, you know, the, the, in the past when people critique the kids and critique these athletes, well, they're student athletes. Well, you know, that, that you shouldn't be doing that and this and that. Well, they're, they're, they're paid athletes now. So, so where is that line of these kids are getting paid to play now? So do you treat them almost like a professional athlete? Do you, they're making money going out there. They're making money off their name, image, and likeness going out there and getting these deals. They should go out there and perform. Now, does that open up that new Pandora's box of what is expected out of them? Because now they are kind of considered paid players on the level of critiquing them. Again, I don't care if it's Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, or anybody. You should never go after a person's integrity at all, whatever. It's just when it comes to how much we can talk about, like if everybody wants to hear about the good stuff and the good plays and the catches, but if if they're doing bad or somebody misses a blown assignment or misses tackles, you know, when when Hudson Clark was, you know, getting all ate up and people were all over him and they were defending him, well, I mean, they're – he got a scholarship for one good game, so why can't we go after them if they have a bad game? It's not. It's almost like a parent. We know they can do better. That's why we're saying that they need to do better. This team is better than what happened. They shouldn't have allowed Alabama to get, you know, go nine for fourteen on third downs. They shouldn't have allowed a backup quarterback knowing what they were going to do and still can't stop it. You know, so it's, it's spotting, a, yeah, spotting them 28 exactly. I mean, it's a tough situation, but anyways, yeah. we're up against the hour. Um, 
I mean, we can beat all that stuff with a dead horse, but I kind of want to add things, right. uh, you know, end things off on a positive note. But I really want to begin. He, he is one of our heavy listeners. He is a, actually a dear friend of mine. I've known him since I was a little kid. But this comment, Kendall Ward, been ready all day. Let's go, boys. Well, his daughter is a 2026, and she picked up – she's been picking up offers from Colorado – and she just picked up an offer for the University of Arkansas. Really excited that um, she picked up this offer, and I know he is very excited too. Um, Kaylee Ward, twenty-six, graduate out of Mansfield, Arkansas, which is crazy that the basketball coach is from Ozark and her dad's from Ozark. So it's kind of a small world kind of deal. So I want to give a shout out to him. Shout out to my guy Kendall and and his daughter on picking up that offer. And we're also running into that. I am about to start a new show here at the Hog Talk. It's going to be a 30-minute show. Uh, I used to write some kind of articles and spotlight a player from the women's side of the things, and I'm going to turn it into a show, a little 30-minute podcast. Uh, I haven't really buttoned down any of the details of what day. Um, I'm still looking at the logistics of that, but it's going to be called the Weekly Women's Sports Report. It's going to be a 30-minute segment just dedicated to the women's side of things. We're going to do a rundown of all the games, the scores, try to spotlight a player, get some coaches in here, and get some really insight on the women's game, women's programs. You can't say enough about all the programs that are going on in Arkansas. Nobody else is doing it, so, you know, you know that's my passion, so why not, you know, do that? And then with the final thing, before we wrap things up, we do have a brand-new sponsor to the show. We want to welcome Fordham Lee Distillery to the Hog Talk podcast. They are located in Middletown Valley in Maryland and was founded 50 years ago by the values of friends and family and just having a good time. Distillery is in honor of our founder's son, whose legacies are a spirit worth remembering. The spirit of our existence is to honor our sons who have passed before their time. We age our bourbon based on the time we were blessed with them. So our bourbons are cream-based whiskeys, all grain to glass, utilizing the finest facilities and technology to distillation. So they're non-GMO, utilizing local farms, and the original 10-gallon is still in their tasting room. So we really want to welcome Fordham Lee Distillery. And during the bye week, uh, we usually have a um, member of uh, the upcoming team on our Wednesday preview show, but we're going to have Bill Poffenbarger, who is the founder of Fordham Lee Distillery, to come on and talk about his story, share how the, that was, you know, the, the beginnings of the distillery, share a, a wonderful story. I mean, Bill is just a super nice guy. I'm very, very happy to have them aboard the Hog Talk podcast. That's big stuff, man. Big stuff happening at Hog Talk. Uh, man, Porter, you're doing a great job, man, leading this ship and couldn't do it without you. And uh, I look forward to having Fordham Lee Distillery with uh, with HTP and, and hopefully we have a, uh, a really good uh, relationship with them going forward. Well, I, I done told him, you know, him being a bourbon guy, that I would, um, for him, for, for, you know, you got to make our sponsors proud. You know, I'm kind of against it. No, not really. <laughs> but for him, I told him that, you know, before each show, I'm going to get some of his bourbon and we're going to take a shot. Start off the show, and I'm going to tell everybody, do not forget to drink your Ovaltine. So, we're going to start <laughs> off the, sh- the show, each live show, with a shot of Ovaltine. So, But really looking forward to that. Wednesday, we have our preview show coming up on Wednesday to talk about the Mississippi State game and other games going on in the crazy world that is the SEC. But, Jacob, you got anything else, brother? 
No, I'll have an article out on Saturday Down South this week. Uh, it'll be uh, breaking down uh, the biggest keys to an Arkansas victory against State. So just watch out for that one. All right. Well, as always, that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. Myself, Porter Hayes, alongside me, Jacob Davis, and we will catch you on Wednesday. Go.